So I'm going to call my wife up here, Pastor, Pastor Laurie. She's going to go ahead and continue where she was last week. If you were here last week, you know that she talked about labels. And tonight we're going to tag team a little bit. <clears throat> tag team preach. So she's going to go ahead and get it started and let me know when I can jump in. Amen. Or you can jump in whenever. Or whenever. Just in case I go long. So. Um, That's a good picture. <laughs> I have this really weird picture on my screen that Pastor Mike just saw. It's, uh, <clears throat> let's see, how do I do this? I guess I have to, hold on one second. So, Abel put it on, I don't know if you guys can see that. It's a very overweight dog. <laughs> and Abel said to me a while ago, it's been on there for a few days, he goes, Oma, do you like oh. the picture I put on the screen? I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> that, that's an American dog right here. You won't see something like this in another country. I know, it keeps going off, sorry. My grandmother had a dog that its back was completely flat because it was so overweight, the poor thing, but she loved to cook and she fed the dog all the time. So not healthy, not healthy, but so cute, <laughs> kind of. So. Um, we're going to talk about labels, and um, would just briefly go over. We'll go over what labels actually mean, what what um, direction we're going with with the uh, term labels. Now, labels is something that um, when I when I was naming this um, this sermon last week, I was trying to get away from that title because I know that that can be kind of a you know, if a younger person hears it, they're going to maybe shut it off or they already know what that means. But I couldn't get away from it, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying, nope, I want you to use that, I want you to use that um, title. And labels is something that we, um, in 2023, uh, do a lot to ourselves, okay? A lot of people are labeling themselves, labeling others too, but labeling themselves. They're putting um, titles upon their own life. And these titles are not necessarily good titles, okay? They're not labels that are good labels. And um, so we have to be really cautious of, you know, getting into our societal thinking instead of what God thinks about us. So some of the things that um, are out there right now is if we feel confused at all, we think we have ADD. Okay, if we, um, if we feel a little nervous at times, we think we're filled with anxiety, so we're anxious people. Um, you know, we have, um, oh gosh, panic attacks. There's, there's different things that we begin to label ourselves. We can even label ourselves as stupid. I'm so stupid for saying that. Why do I do stupid things all the time? And, and we can just name call ourselves. You know, because we we want to we, we want we want to please God, we want to please the Lord, so we can really get stuck in this like loop in our lives. But we want to cut that off. We want to make sure that these things are broken off of us once and for all. And that's what this sermon is about. It's not kind of it's an extension of last week, which was more explanatory. But I want to talk about how to cut these things off. Pastor Mike and I will talk about that. How do we break this? How do we break this this thing in our life that causes us to to think so terribly about ourselves? Um, it was Mother's Day last week. It was last week, right? 
Week before, the week before. And um, so we were running what was, you know, out in the foyer, we had stuff going on. We had, you know, there were, we were giving away bags of cupcakes and tea for moms. We had food going on. We had a backdrop going on. There was a lot of moving parts and I was overseeing it. And I was supposed to bring a bag of ice, you know. And I forgot the bag of ice, okay? One thing, and I forgot the bag of ice. I got everything prepared before. Everything was here Saturday. We had teams here. But, sat, but I had to wait to get that bag of ice because there was no room for it, I don't think. So anyway, I was supposed to bring it, and I did, forgot it. And then you start beating yourself up. Oh, maybe, maybe I have ADD. Maybe I have a problem, you know? And it was so cool because I'm actually having these thoughts. Because, by the way, I've had um, some people recently say, you are the most ADD person I know. I'm like, I am? <laughs> I always think of an ADD person as like, you know, all over the place and rushing. And they're like, yeah, you definitely are like that. So, so these thoughts are going in my mind. And I even, actually, I went for a physical. And they're checking my heart. And they're checking my pulse and everything. And I said, uh, what are, like, are there pills or something that you could take to make your brain more orderly? And the doctor who believes in COVID, believes in all the shots, believes in everything, said, honey, you don't need any of that. There's no magic pill for anything like that. And it was kind of like, even though it does help people, it was like the Lord telling me, shut up and stop this nonsense right now, okay? He was just rebuking me in the moment. And I was like, yeah. And I've never had those thoughts before. But uh, that was just a few weeks ago. So then I, I had gone to the doctor that week. And then so now I show up and it's, I just kind of felt all over the place. And um, so, you know, you're kind of beating yourself up in your mind. And Brenna, who's my niece, she goes to church. She's 24. And Caitlin, Caitlin, how old are you? 21. So they come up to me in the middle of all the craziness that goes on when you're putting on an event. And they came up to me together. And Brenna said, Auntie Laurie, I'm so sorry. I made the brownies and I forgot them on the counter, so I don't have them. And then Caitlin said, I did the same thing. I actually left without the cupcakes I made and I had to turn around and go back. And to me, it was like, thank you, Lord, that it wasn't just me. It was these young girls that I consider very organized. And I felt like, again, the Lord was showing me, you know what? It's just, you know, there's things on your mind. There's things, you know, it's funny because I am not like that. I'm, a, I'm you know, I don't want to say against these things because I'm not against, you know, people getting help, of course. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against any of this stuff because sometimes we need help and that's fine. But what I'm against is, not uh, seeking the Lord first. Like, I, th and that's what we really want to talk about tonight. Like, how do I get out of this little mess, maybe in my mind or my life? And how do I kind of get rescued from this? So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Do you want to go next one? No? Okay. <laughs> so, um, okay. So, um, uh, where do I go from here? So, our thoughts can um, seem like they, they are, they can seem confused at times. We can feel pressure, we can feel, but that's just life. And now in 1985, um, if you had an attack on your life, if you had an attack on your mind, if you had an attack that, you know, you, you felt out of it or you, what would happen is you would take the attack and you would attack back. You would fight against the attack. I'm talking about worldly people. I'm not talking about Christians. I'm talking about worldly people. They would not, literally, they would not, there were some, 
it's kind of like survival of the fittest. There are some that are will be weak-minded. There are some that will be, um, you know, won't be won't know how to fight back. But back in the day, which was not that long ago, and it was probably the 90s and, and even a little bit further on. People would say, oh my gosh, I feel confused. I gotta fix this. And they would fix it on their own. Now what happens is people feel confused or depressed or they have things going on in their life. And instead of fighting against it, they embrace it. They take it as their own. They say, I'm depressed. I, 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 I'm, I'm panicky. I have anxiety. I'm ADD. I, I, I have, uh, what's that, uh, the, the, um, when, when you um, are too into details, um, OCD, you know, I don't concentrate on it, I can't remember all the titles, OCD, I'm a victim, that's the guys, you have to be careful of the victim mentality, victim is very dangerous, because victim is, if um, I'm going through something, it's somebody else's fault, it's somebody else's fault, therefore I have a right to be the person I am being right now. I have the right to be weak. I have the right to fall apart. I have the right to have these panic attacks. I have the right to have anxiety. I have a right to be on edge at all times because guys, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Somebody else did it to me. My parents did it to me. My spouse did it to me. My friend did it to me. My boss, he's so mean, he did it to me. Um, the devil, he did it to me. Okay, we can't even blame the devil as Christians. We are not, we're not of this world. We are Christians and we need to fight against these things that are coming after us. And, and we don't fight in the natural, we fight in the spirit. God has given us weapons of warfare and we need to take our weapons and begin to use them and not just listen to it being preached, not preach it to other people, but actually take these weapons of warfare and use them to the glory of God in our lives. We need to make sure that our relationships are strong, that we have, even if our children aren't acting or behaving the way we want them to be, we still need to walk in love with our children. And I know when they're younger, you have to discipline them, and I'm not talking about that because discipline is love. But we have to walk in love with our children, not reject them. Sometimes I get mad at my kids, you know, especially certain ones, and I'm like, I don't even want to look at them right now. They weren't in church, and I don't want to even look at them. I want them to know I'm really mad at them, and the Lord will deal with me in my heart. Like, you have to walk in love because that's what's going to win them. Love conquers all. So we, we fight not with the, the ways of the world, but we fight with the, with the weapons of God, God, what God has given us. So um, Pastor Mike's going to talk about identity for a little bit. And um, identity is super important because if we know our identity, these things, if we dare say them out of our mouth, it's going to rub us the wrong way. We are going to feel disgusting when we say these things because it is going against who we are in Christ Jesus. It's going to be like it's... It would be very hard, if you knew who you were in Christ, it would be very hard for you to say these things over your life. And if you do, it just, it just, it just grates against your insides. It grates against your spirit. So we need to be built up in the word of God. We need to be built up in the things of God. And, um, and when, we are, when we are doing those things that are spiritual, we're going to begin to see victories. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit later how we can do that and how we can actually take these things and turn our situations around. Amen? Amen. So...
Your turn. Um, I, gr I grew up in a house um, of six kids, and it wasn't until I left my house that I realized half the people in my house were whacked out and crazy. But until you see normal people, and then you go like, I grew up in that, right? And so every everyone has a crazy sibling. Everyone has crazy family members. Everyone has... You might even be one of them, and, uh, and, and it's just the way it is. Everyone is so different, but we've grown into a society that loves to self-diagnose ourselves, and then once we find out what we are, we fall in love with our label. You know, the way I am is because, and then you label yourself, and, and really what you're doing with the words of your mouth is you're binding yourself to a weakness or something like that, and that's not really something you want to do, okay? It's, it's uh, in a biblical sense, it's a negative thing. Now, my wife was talking about forgetting things, and um, I remember there was a time, um, for whatever reason, we kept on forgetting Janai in different places. <laughs> We'd have, a, we'd have a whole bunch of kids in our car, and then a friend would jump in, and you'd do a quick head count, and then you'd drive away. But like Janai would be left at a house somewhere. You know, we, we would drive enough with enough heads in the car, but not enough kids in the car, okay? And, um, but uh, I, I didn't go on medication as a result of that, amen? <clears throat> hey, check this out. So in my, uh, in my personal journey, um, I like to experiment with things and, you know, just self-experimentation. But I, I went to an, ex so um, I would say my drug of choice was uh, coffee, right, caffeine. So what I would do is I'd wake up in the morning, first thing I'd do is put on my cup of coffee, and then I would uh, have my first sip, and then I would read my Bible, and then I would pray. And what it did is it gave me a kickstart. And so my cup of, co cup of coffee that I poured was like this big, okay? So it was like half a carafe of coffee in this mug. And for me, if I found a big mug in a store, I would buy it. And they kept on getting bigger. And, uh, and it just got to the point where like it seemed like caffeine wasn't like keeping me awake or any of that type of stuff. And um, so this is a self-diagnosis. This is not a medical thing. It was like I had... Um, Maybe you guys can help me with the term adrenal fatigue, right? So I think they're connected to your kidneys or something, your adrenal glands. It's as if when I drank caffeine, I started to get tired. So it had the opposite effect. So whatever I was doing in my body, it was whacking it out. So I'm like, all right, so let's just stop caffeine altogether. So I stopped drinking caffeine. And so I went through a very low period, you guys. There was nothing to kickstart me in the morning, nothing to get my brain going, just nothing. And it was just like, it was like a, uh, it was a dark few weeks where there was really nothing there. But I knew my body was resetting itself. I knew that how I, how I felt in that moment wasn't going to last forever, right? So hopefully my, my whatever would get acclimated again. And I would start to feel normal, which it did. It took a few weeks, but I would wake up in the morning and I would just kind of be even, and then I would stay even throughout the day, right? So it was, it reminded me of being a kid again, because kids don't need drugs and they don't need cups of coffee and they don't need whatever. They're just kind of high on life and they, and they can go, right? And it kind of, it felt like that, like I was reset again. 
And uh, you know, from that experiment, I've, I haven't gone back to caffeine. Um, and that's been months and months and months and months. And if the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you know, go get a cup of coffee, stop being so legalistic, I would, but I don't, like, I don't need it, right? So a, a lot of our culture is hooked on pills and they're hooked on um, ADD medicine and they're hooked on this, but like, it's like, is this the rest of your life? Is the rest of your life going to be hooked on medication? Is it going to be hooked on these things, these mind-altering things? And, and we do need to know that even you, if you may be in a season where you need these things, don't think it's a forever season. Because in Christ Jesus, we can come to a place where we don't need these things and we can find our wholeness in him. Amen? <clears throat> so what I, so <laughs> um, do we have any Democrats in the house? No one is brave enough to say it. I am. <clears throat> okay, so, so how many people watched the Democratic National Convention when Joe Biden was running for, for office? Was I the only one? Yeah. Anyway, so, so back... <laughs> you, you guys are funny. So when it comes to politics and it comes to news... Like, so when you go to a conservative church, you get like a Fox News crowd, you got a whatever, the right-wing stuff crowd and this and that. But the Bible says this, that to only look on one side of a matter is a fool. A wise man will look at both sides and then make a decision. So I, I, don't, I don't do that just because of that scripture, but I think there's wisdom in it. So I'll look at CNN, I will look at this. CNN, like, over the last maybe five or seven years, has grown extremely offensive, especially towards Christians, really bad. Um, but I'll still check it out, and I'll look at it, and you kind of see both sides of the thing. So I was checking out the DNC, and the DNC was a virtual event, okay? So because of COVID and everything, they were doing a lot of these, like, televised things, and they would have these, these professors and other people give speeches, like, all day long, but it wasn't at a convention center. They would have the next live person. So you'd have, you'd have Joe Biden doing a rally with 13 cars in a parking lot, just killing it, right? And then they would come over to, like, someone else who would speak. So there was a professor on there. And again, our society is in love with labels. Like, they, like, this is who I am. So this was a good lay. I had to write this down because it was so freakishly weird. So this person speaking at the Democratic National Convention identified as a black, Vietnamese, transgender, non-binary, gender transcendent, mermaid queen king. With a straight face, they said that. With almost like, you better accept me with the label that I am. Can I read that again? It was just like, I had to rewind it. I'm like, <clears throat> a black, Vietnamese, transgender, non-binary, gender transcendent, mermaid, queen, king. <laughs> And so in our society, you can basically label yourself anything you want, and then it's like if you don't accept that label or if people don't accept that label, people get mad at you and this and that. To me, to me, I am like, this like seriously borders on mental illness. Like there's like, it is. It's like, what? You are a mermaid queen king? 
everything was good until Mermaid. And then I was like, I was almost buying all of it, but the Mermaid, come on. <laughs> Here's pictures of me with my Mermaid parents. No, there isn't. So, our, our culture screwed up. And, and it's, it's not on a track for writing itself. It's not on a track for getting better. The Bible says, as wickedness increases, so does the grace of God. So it's, it's, it really is exciting times to be alive. The more crazy it gets, the more of the grace of God is increased. And we have an ability. Listen, since COVID, it has been extremely easy to witness to every human being. Like everyone's open. Everyone's, it's really freaky. Everyone was like afraid they were going to die. They had this kind of scare thing. And when you talk about spiritual things, it actually is easy, right? And, and it's just, it's kind of our post-COVID condition. I saw, I, saw this, <laughs> I saw this thing that how people comply with anything after COVID now, you know, because you were told to do everything and people comply. And there was a guy at an entrance to a building <laughs> and he went like this to people as they came in. And the people put their arms up and he took a lint roller and rolled their arms and said, go in. And then the next one, and he rolled their arms and went in just to see if everyone would do it. And everyone did it. Went like this. <laughs> we live in a whacked out world, okay, with crazy labels. And the world wants to label you and it wants you to be labeled. But here's the, here's the point I want to bring in. Identity. Do you, do you identify as a mermaid queen king, or do you identify of who you are in Christ Jesus? And this is super important, because a lot of Christians don't even know who they are in Christ Jesus. And when you get that identity in you, not just in your head, but as revelation in your heart, you will begin to be a miracle going somewhere to happen, right? We need to be that person as we walk into a room. I, I told my wife, when I, guys, ladies, when I walk into Sephora with my wife, I feel uncomfortable. I do, because the male employees just freak me out. And then the advertising now are bearded men with long flowing hair on the, on the, the makeup stuff. So I go in there and I feel like, oh, I feel uncomfortable. And I said, you know, I need to stop that. I need to go in there with the love of God and just like face all these people and just bless them right? Like, why should we feel like, you know, odd? Because he who is within me is greater than he who is in the world. If I don't identify with that, then I'll feel like, uh, you know, I feel uncomfortable in this situation. But that's just me identifying as me, right? But we have to identify of who we are in Christ. I, I am telling you, this will rock your world and flip you upside down and make you more than a conqueror when you begin to identify with Christ. I'm going to give you a scripture here, and then I'm going to pass it back to you. Is that okay? Okay. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, all has come new. 
You need to identify that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You may have grown up in a dysfunctional home, but now Christ lives on the inside of you, and now that dysfunction has turned into Christ function in Jesus' name. There's a scripture that says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We now need to look at who we become in Christ Jesus and identify with that. If you don't, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm a victim. Yeah, I'm the, you know, you're going to label yourself with everything. And, they'll, and they will be half-truths. You're going to speak what you are in the natural. We don't need to look at who we are in the natural. We need to look at who we are in the supernatural, in Christ Jesus, okay? Let me read that again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all has come new. Paul list has a list of um, all these sinful things, drunkards, effeminate, homosexuality, um, lustful people. And he said, um, once we were all these people, but now we have been made new in Christ Jesus, which means even though you may have identified with that, now you are new and not that anymore. You are with Christ. Yeah, I'll, I'll go into this, then I'll give it back to you. The Bible says, now are ye the body of Christ. You literally, in the spirit, become the body of Christ in the earth. The Bible says, he is the head, we are the body. All members making up. So you might be a knee or you might be a leg or an eye or an ear, but you are the body of Christ. He's the head, but we're the body. And as the body, we become one with Christ in the spirit. When the devil knows that you know that, his days of tormenting you are over. His days of tormenting because you literally see yourself as a part spiritually of Jesus in the earth. So Jesus died, he rose again, and then ascended into heaven. Is Jesus on the earth anymore? Yes, in you. You are the body of Christ. One person doesn't make up the whole body. We make up the whole body. But Jesus is still here in you, in the spirit. So for you to identify with your weakness, for you to identify with anything but who you are in Christ is you're shorting yourself of the potential of what you can do in this world. Amen? Amen. Back to you. Anybody know what a leech is? Does anyone not know what a leech is? A leech um, is something when you go swimming, they are actually also called blood suckers, okay? And a leech is something that when you go in a pond or, a, you know, a lot of times like a stagnant uh, body of water, like up in Maine, we used to go up there and kids would go in the water and they would get blood suckers on them. And they're just these things that attach themselves to your skin. And of course, they want to, you know, that how they live is to suck the blood out of you. That's what they eat, is blood, which is disgusting, but that's what it is. So I'm actually going to show you a picture, so of, now this, it's kind of fuzzy, and so this is a picture of a pet bloodsucker. This is a pet, okay? And if you see, I kind of cut off, I, there was more to the picture, but I kind of cut it off because it was kind of gross, but, that is an arm right there. That's a forearm of a guy that owns the um, leech, okay? He owns that leech. 
And what he does is every day he lets the leech latch onto his arm and drink his blood. I mean, it's really gross. And in the picture, you can see that. But I said, that's a little uh, gruesome, so we won't, we won't show that part. But in the picture, you can see that this bloodsucker has grown. I'm sure it's a different species, but it's as big as his arm, okay? It's as big as his arm, but he has embraced this leech. He loves this leech. It's his pet. He probably thinks he's cool having, like, a different kind of a pet. And, but to go to that extent where it's actually latching onto you every day so you can feed your little pet, your cute little slug, <laughs> that's, like, so extreme and so wrong on so many levels, okay? But you know where I'm going with this. Because we take those labels that are out in the world and there's more and more, every day they're creating more and more labels and they're all filled with dysfunction and disorder and disease and they're making you, even if you have good attributes, they're taking your good attributes and calling them a dysfunction, okay? And they're distorting what God has made. You have been, ma been, been, you've been made in Christ Jesus. You've been made in the image of God. And God gave you certain attributes. And what the devil does is he twists them and he makes you feel like they're wrong and they're bad and you're weird and you're, you're, you, you have problems. Instead of embracing what God has given you and looking at it in a good light, we look at it in a bad light. So we need to take those things, that energy, that even if our minds are all over the place, that kind of a mind can get a lot of things done at one time, okay? So we don't need to look at it like it's a spirit of confusion. And I'm not saying, again, you're hearing me, that there are spirits of confusion. There are, there are things out there. But what we have to do is learn how to take the word of God and put it under the blood and take care of these situations so that these really good attributes that maybe are a little distorted come under the grace of God, and they begin to do what they're supposed to do in our lives, amen? So we don't want to embrace the bad and the creepy and the disgusting, but we want to take this leech and we want to cast it off, throw it back in the water where it belongs, in the murky water, and get rid of it because it is, this man should not be doing this, and we should not be doing that. That is what we are doing in the spirit realm when we take these labels upon ourselves and confess them out of our mouths. Confess who we are. We're confessing. We, we talk about confessing who we are in Christ, but we're confessing who we are in the devil's eyes when we do this, who the devil wants us to be. What are we doing to ourselves? We're confessing the devil's title upon us, and we're embracing the devil's will for our lives. He wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our children. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy our marriages. He wants to destroy our friendships. He wants to destroy our jobs. He wants to destroy all of it. And that's how he does it, by having us turn on ourselves. We're turning on ourselves with our own words, by taking these things and confessing them and embracing them and making them us. We are becoming that thing that we are confessing out of our mouth. And that's why the devil knows that to put these titles out there, I'm destroying God's, I'm destroying God's creation, and they're doing it to themselves. 
This is so easy. They are doing it to themselves. They are loving it. They're embracing it. They want it. They want to they want to be dysfunctional. They want to have problems. They want the easy way out. And that's the stuff you got to be careful of. Because the easy way out is to go to a doctor, is to take a pill, is to, you know, it, it, these are the things. And, and on the natural realm, the, the doctors are totally going to prescribe you pills, guys, because they're all in this for money. Amen? Not all of them. Like my doctor was not in it for money, which was shocking to me. But there, there are doctors, too many, the pharmaceuticals, too many. This is how they survive. Cancer, they say they have a cure for cancer. They're not going to expose that cure. They are making so much money off of cancer, and that is the saddest thing. But we've, we've heard this from proven people, that they do have the, the, um, they do have the solution for cancer. But they're not going to expose it. They're making too much money on people being sick, okay? So we have to rely on God. We never confess those things. We run to the word of God, and we get the answers there, and that's where the miracles begin to take place in our lives, whether in our minds or in our bodies or in our marriages or in, with our children and with our jobs. If we're rebellious to our bosses, we're going to lose our jobs. That's our own doing. We cannot have a rebellious spirit. Rebellion is of Satan. It is as witchcraft. You know, what if, what if a witch came in here and started casting spells? We'd all be horrified. Oh, my God, cast the devil out of her. But we can do those things, too, as Christians, as we are rebelling against authority. So we, again, and I've heard people say, Christians, oh, yes, I'm rebellious, and they laugh about it. They think it's funny to call themselves rebellious because it's like a cool title. It is not cool to be rebellious. It is very cool to be someone that, that goes to someone that is in, it, it, it is in a rank, I would say, you know, just to describe it the right way, is in a rank that God has put them over, whether it's a boss or your parent or someone in the church or wherever it may be or someone in government. And that you would say, I am here to be a blessing to you. What would you like me to do? And just to be that person that is submissive to authority. And God honors that. And God will raise you to new levels and new heights and will push you through so fast because you are someone he can trust. The rebellious he cannot trust. Okay, so don't ever call yourself rebellious. And never call yourself something that is against the word of God, okay? Now, Going back to our minds. Now, I don't know if I've heard a lot of testimonies about our minds or our emotions, not ours, but people being delivered. Have you guys heard of a lot of testimony? Like, have you heard specific testimonies of people saying, I was totally delivered from um, ADD? Has anyone ever heard anyone give a testimony like that? Me neither. I've never heard anyone give a testimony of being delivered from ADD or OCD or so many of these mental problems. That's something that we need to believe. We need to begin to believe God that, first of all, we would be the ones that would have the testimonies, amen, and that we would begin to see that when people walk through these doors that there would be such a spirit that would deliver these people from mental torment. But I want to read something because this is the best testimony I have ever heard about someone that's been mentally tormented. So I'm lying because, not lying, but I do have one testimony, okay? And where I'm going to go with this is I'm going straight to the Bible of someone that was delivered from mental torment. Okay, it's in Luke 8. Sorry, I didn't give this to you guys. I forgot. Luke 8, 26. 
<clears throat> then, Jesus, then they arrived at the region of the Gerasenes. You know where I'm going with this, a lot of you. Which is uh, opposite of Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on shore, a man from the city who had demons met him. For a long time, he had not worn any clothes. Nothing. Okay, so this man is completely out of his mind. He doesn't have anything on, okay? Uh, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. He lives in a cemetery. He has no home. He lives in a cemetery with no clothes on, okay? Um, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, shouting, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. Now, we know this isn't technically the man speaking, but the demons that are speaking through him. This man is tormented by demons speaking out of his mouth. How many of us have seen anything like this? This is like, this is way over the top, okay? Not, forget ADD, okay? Forget OCD. What is this, okay? This, this is like real possession. This is real mental torment. Okay, in verse 29, um, it says, do not torment me, for Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He, kept, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. And, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. So he's actually so crazy they're taking chains. They're shackling his arms. They're shackling his legs. They're trying to keep him contained because he's, growing, he's running wild. And that doesn't even hold him because the demon forces within him are breaking the chains, are breaking the shackles. I mean, this is crazy stuff. This is supernatural stuff. And, um, and then in 30, it says, Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, legion, to many demons, for many demons had entered him. Legion um, can mean from 2,000 to 6,000 demons, or maybe more, who knows, okay? So that's how many demons he was dealing with. I don't know what opened the door for that. Who knows? It doesn't say what opened the door, but doors open in our lives, which lets the devil come in and do things that he shouldn't be allowed to do, but if the only way he can... The only way he can get into our lives is if we open the door because we have authority over him. Remember that. You have authority over the devil. So don't open the doors for him to come in because it's an illegal entrance. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, they begged him not to order, uh, sorry, legion, for many de demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. So the devil's begging Jesus, don't, don't send us to the abyss which sadly people go there, people go there, okay? And that's our job in this earth is to get people to not go to the abyss, amen? And um, now, there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding and the demons begged Jesus to let him enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine and the herd stampeded down the steep slope into the lake, and they were drowned. I mean, this is crazy stuff, like a spirit of suicide and a spirit, like they entered the pigs, and they, they however many pigs there were, they all, they all killed themselves. So if this man can be delivered of this extremely, ex I mean, this is as extreme as you can get. God can definitely heal us 
of our, I would say, not so big problems, amen? Even though they are big and they are important and they are something that we need to believe God that we are delivered from them. If Jesus could do this, this is the best testimony I've ever heard. I've never heard another one about psychological deliverance, amen? So if he can do it for him, he can do it for us. He is as real, he is as a real part of our lives as he was here in this man's life, amen? And, uh, and we need to believe God. So do you wanna go next? And then I'll talk about um, some of the ways that we can begin to get delivered from these things. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for inviting me to speak. I uh, identify as a new creation in Christ Jesus. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and uh, God's Spirit lives in me. Um, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I have the mind of Christ, and I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and I am complete in Him. God has given me authority over all the power of the enemy. And I could go on and on and on and on. What's coming out of your mouth? What are you identifying with? What label belongs to you? For us, we need to have the label of who we are in Christ Jesus. And it needs to be something that gets into your heart and you walk in this world knowing who you are in Christ. Listen. We once were sinners. We once were broken. We once were sick and tormented in our minds. But in Christ Jesus, he has come and he has made all things new. Some of us are still working through that process, but I encourage you to continue the process. Don't settle for anything that the curse that would be on a sinner would be on you because you are no longer under the curse. You are no longer under the curse. I have been set free from all the curse of the law. The law of the life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Anything that abides under sin and death that is still working in your body or in your mind, you need to cast it from you and identify who you are in Christ and let that super in that affect your natural. Amen? And it will. And it will. Hallelujah. Here's, a, here's, a, here's an interesting take, okay? Can, can we keep going or should we stop? Okay, good. Because we're officially over our time, okay? So this is borrowed time. So if you, if you don't want any more, you should just leave, okay? And we'll get the hint. We'll get the hint, right? So our identity starts with scripture you guys it starts with the word of god all word is good for a re, 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 something it, it builds us up right it is the truth god's word is truth the bible says that jesus and the word are one god and his word are one if we want to know the nature of god we need to know his word so as we get that word in us that living, abiding word begins to bless us. So um, you may not know this, okay? You may not know this, but God spoke a blessing on the Jewish nation. He said, you will be blessed above all nations of the earth. In Abraham shall all the nations of the world be blessed. And if you statistically look at the Jews who live in the world today, they are inordinately 
blessed above normal people. They make up an inordinate amount of millionaires and billionaires in this earth. They're also heads of industry. They're heads of entertainment. They're heads in music. You would be surprised to know how many Jewish people are there. And Jewish young people are taught from the Torah and taught in synagogue from a very young age. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are a landowner and not a borrower. And they're taught that in, in, you know, in children's church, right? And, and our children's church kids, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad because the husband of the children's church is here. They're, they're, read, they're eating like crackers and talking about stuff like that. Our kids need to be challenged, amen? They probably are. I'm not in there. They are blessed and challenged, so, right? Right, okay, yeah. So they are learning who they are in Christ Jesus. I, I have a good way to put it. In other churches... They're, they're playing with felt boards and stuff like that, where Jewish kids are learning that they own the earth, and they're putting them in it at a young age, okay, at a young age. So the Jews are blessed. They are statistically blessed. But here's a scripture that you need to know. You need to know, Galatians 3.29 says this, and now that you belong to Christ, whoo, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Who are the Jews in the room? In the spirit, you have been grafted into the Jewish nation. The blessing that God spoke on Abraham has come onto you. Anything God promised to Abraham and his seed, you can now claim. So you know the tiny violin where you feel bad for yourself? Oh, what was me? You need to knock that thing out of your hand. You are blessed. You are the blessed of God. Amen? See, this is identity. We need to find this stuff. We need to identify with who God made us to be. Let me, let me read here. Let me read here some of my Jewish blessing and your Jewish blessing, right? Deuteronomy 28. If you fully obey the Lord your God, is it up there? There we go. And carefully keep all his commandments that I'm giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Every single one of you can claim that. God has set me high above all the nations. But you don't, you don't understand the family I came from. You don't understand the neighborhood I came from. You don't understand my genetics. No, 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 no. I understand you're in Christ genetics, and they have made you more than a conqueror. You have a blessing on you. You are a blessing going somewhere to happen. <clears throat> you will experience all of these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do will be be blessed. You, those are things that you need, you need to find these scriptures, write them down. You need to read them and confess them over yourself. That's who you are in Christ. Okay? You need to, we need to identify of what we become in the new creation. The blessing of God has come on you. All, everywhere you go, everything you do will be blessed. I'm going to read a few more of these, but I'm going to let you go next, okay? So we can talk about the process. Ooh, I just preached myself happy. <laughs> go ahead. 
Hello. There we go. Sorry, it doesn't normally go this long, but there's two of us preaching, so I knew that. I knew that would happen. <laughs> but um, I just want to talk about, okay, now we know that we need to get out of this, but how do we get out of this, okay? And um, I kind of get brought back, I have a lot of examples, but I kind of get brought back to um, a number of years ago when the kids were little. And so I got saved and I was single for a while, I got married, uh, we bought a house, we had kids, and the kids were little, and I don't know how it happened, because sometimes you just find yourself in this place, like, well, well, I don't even know how this, you know, occurred, but I just found myself kind of in a dark place, and, and I, I was one, I was, you know, always choosing to walk by faith, um, so I didn't pay attention to a lot of the things that were going on that maybe were negative in my life. I would just kind of brush them off and move forward and brush them off and move forward and brush them off and move forward. And I never skip a beat, you know, as far as what I needed to get done and what I needed to do. But I found myself at the house in a dark place, kind of, you know, in the world before I got saved, I was actually definitely depressed. I was, it was very dark. I can, when I look back at that moment in my life, I see darkness, and I got saved, and everything turned technicolor. Everything turned bright and colorful, and, you know, that's just the image that you see. But at this moment in my life, it was becoming dark again, and kind of probably had the shades drawn. Not on purpose. It just was what you are inside will come, it'll be seen on the outward Okay, so anyway, so I'm again going on with life. But then I start recognizing, okay guys, well not guys, but me. <laughs> I didn't even tell him. But um, I recognize that this isn't good and how do I get out of this? What, what's going on? This is like back when I was in the world. What is happening here? And um, so I began to seek the Lord. And I'll tell you, the first thing you have to do is run to the Word of God. You have to get your scriptures. And guys, we can't be lazy with the things of the uh, Spirit because we go to work every day, whether we feel like it or not. And it feels carnal and it feels like, you know, it is spiritual because if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat and we do have to go to work. But a lot of times we don't feel like going to work. We'd rather like not go to work at all. And stay, a lot of women want to stay home and be with their kids and not have to work, but they do have to have that second income. So, but we will get ourselves up, we will get ourselves dressed, we will get ready, we'll prepare for the day, we'll go to work, we'll get in that car, we'll go there, we'll work all day, we'll go in the car, go back, and then we go on with the rest of our day. And if we will take that much time to do something that a lot of times we don't feel like doing, we need, to take we need to take the Word of God and make it a priority no matter what we feel like. We can't go by feelings. We have to just do it. Do it, do it, even though you don't feel like it. Because when you're in a meeting like this, when you're in a, in a service, you're pumped. Like, yes, let's do this. I can't wait to go home and write down all my scriptures and do all these things that they said. And I'm going to break out of this thing. And then you get home and life hits you in the face again, right? And you're like, I'm tired. I'll do it in the morning. Oh, I got to go to work. I can't do it. And just life gets away from you. It is something you have to do completely on purpose. And you have to have a plan. What is my plan? 
What am I going to do? Write it down, write it down, write it down, write down your plan. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to write my scriptures. The second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to speak them at this time every day. And, at the, and the third thing, and just write down the plan that God is giving you. And as we speak what we have had happen in our lives, you're going to begin to get a plan by the Holy Ghost for your life. It's going to be very tailored to you, just like a doctor would specifically tell you what you need to do for your circumstances. The Holy Ghost is going to tell you what to do for your circumstances. And you are going to see great deliverance. You're going to have a testimony. We need to make sure we're having testimonies. We need to make sure that the world isn't looking at our lives and saying, geez, they're just like us. They're getting divorced. They don't get along with their, with their kids. They, they, they're quitting their jobs. They're, you know, they're sad. They're depressed. What is the difference? When people see the victory in your life, they're like, I want what you have. I want the blessing of God. I see it on you. Sometimes it takes a while, but if you don't tell them, hey, I don't feel good today. I remember working years ago when I was single and one of my friends, I had worked there for a lot of years and she said, at Stop and Shop, sorry, in Pembroke. And we were young and we were just having fun and that was my job. And, and one of my friends said, do you, you know what? You're never sick. You never say you're sick. And it, she took notice of it. And this is like a girl in her 20s. But she took notice that I never said I was sick. And I wasn't. I wasn't sick because I would always confess the scriptures. And, but people notice the blessing. And my brother-in-law used to say, you know what? You guys are always going on trips. Like, how do you do that? We were a young family. They were a young family. But you guys are always going away. And would say, it's a blessing of God. And he wound up getting saved later on, you know. So this blessing on your life and the victory in your life is going to be noticed by the world. So it's not just about you. It's about everyone around you seeing, I want what they have. I want it, and I want Christ, and I want to live the way they live. Amen? So we got to do the due diligence to not only please ourselves, but to be that testimony to the world around us, to our families, to our friends, and to all those that, you know, we come in contact with. So anyway, so, so I'm going through this thing, and you have to run to the word, and you have to write it down, and you have to speak it every day. You have to, okay? Number one. Number two, the Lord began to show me some things. He said, I want you to act like you're not going through this thing. You need to put your shades up. You need to scrub your house and make it just, you know, super clean. And, you know, because when you feel like that, everything, you're drained. You're just drained. Like, you, it's almost like you can't get out of your own way. And so the energy level is so low. It's just like your mind is not only affected, but your body is too by what your mind is going through. And so I had to take those steps that... I did not feel like doing those things. I had to fight through those things. But as I did, you know, freedom began to come. Loose, you know, I began to get loosened up. And, and the other thing that the Lord told me to do is, uh, what was it? Sorry, I just had it in my mind. The other thing that the Lord told me to do was to, um, first of all, you have to act like you're not depressed, okay? And uh, this is anything. This is, I'm just using the depression part. It could be anxiety. It could be um, the ADD thing. It could be, um, I'm, I'm just going to certain things, but there are so many things we, you know, have come over our lives, okay? We have to act like these things are not a thing in our life. What would you do if you were not suffering from this thing in this moment? You would act this way. 
You would be doing this thing. You would not act like you know, you're, you're, you're dragging your feet. You would get energy in your step. You can make yourself have energy in your step. You can make your mind become alert. In one second, guys, in one second, when your mind is feeling drained, in one second, you can say, nope, I'm not doing that. I have an alert mind. That's what the Bible says. And you can turn that brain back on. You can turn your energy on. And you can, have, you can walk fast. And you can, have just, you can act like you have energy. And guess what? You will have energy. You will have energy. And, but we have to do it by faith. We have to do these things. Because if we don't, we're not walking by faith. And everything is by faith. But again, it's the word of God first. And in that, and we've had many other situations where we've had to fight through things and it, you don't feel like it, uh, panic attacks, anxiety. I shared that with you. I've never experienced like that, stuff like that until rec not recently, like this year, but uh, maybe two years ago. I can't remember, two years ago. Things were like trying to overwhelm me in a very serious way. And it was like open doors. I was thinking, I was feeling guilty. I was opening doors in my own mind, and you have to not do that. You have to not let the devil come in and make you feel guilty. And If you have done something and you feel like you displeased the Lord, you have to say, Lord, forgive me. I'm moving on, though. Show me how to move on. We can't live under that pressure. If you see a loop in your life, if you see something like you want to get rid of in your life, and you feel like you overcame it, and then it comes back again, and then you feel like you overcame it, and it comes back again, and you feel like you overcame it, and it comes back again. That's something that you can't just casually pray about, because we'll, we'll talk to people, and we'll say, well, you got to pray, and oh, yeah, I do pray about it. But you know what? We can't casually pray about things that are attacking our lives. Sometimes there's that one big thing, that one big thing that we just cannot seem to overcome, and we need to take that one big thing and say, you know what? I am attacking it. It is not going to attack me anymore. I am going to crush this thing in my life. And the way I do it is taking every weapon that God has given me and using it and making this thing go away for once and for all. And if it does crop up a little bit here and there, that's okay. Just do the same thing. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. You're not coming back. You're done. You have been already taken care of, and I'm going back to what I knew to do at the beginning. So some of the things that you would do are, again, speak the word. But sometimes you got to, like, get in another room. And I've shared this with some of you, that when, when I need an answer from God, I will take time at different, it's not every night, but sometimes it has to be, and I will go in my room and I'll pray in the spirit. I'll go in a separate room and I'll, I, I even don't even have the lights on. I'll, I'll go in the dark if it's dark out. And I'll just go in there and begin to pray in the spirit. And it's only for that one thing. I don't get all over the place. You know, things can come to your mind. And, but I, would, I will stay focused on that one thing. I'm praying about this, Lord. For, it could be 15 minutes. It could be a half an hour. It could be an hour. A lot of times I do an hour. I will pray, and I will attack that thing. And a lot of times when you come out of that moment, you will have answers, or you're beginning to let the Lord form the answer in you. Don't walk away and say, oh, I didn't get the answer. Oh, God doesn't want to speak to me. No. You've got to keep at it. You've got to keep going after it. Go after it, go after it, go after it. It's, it's not, it, this thing doesn't feel bad coming after you. It is ruthless, right? Some of the things that are coming after us in our lives are ruthless. They're out to destroy. Well, we need to be 
more ruthless back to these situations. We need to go after it and not back down until it is gone. And not when we feel good, about, oh, I feel good now, I'm, you know, and you get lazy. Laziness needs to leave, and we need to stay focused on this thing, amen, until it is gone from our lives forever. Forever, forever. And that's what can happen, guys. It can happen for you. Just think of the thing that just keeps coming back, coming back. Say, I, you know, and you get so sick of it. God can take care of it if you will do the due diligence. Again, not a casual prayer, an attack against the enemy. Praying in the spirit, getting in the word, finding scriptures, meditating on those scriptures, speaking those scriptures, getting messages, finding a, a conference online and listening to it or going to a conference. And of course, being in church every time the doors are open, amen? If you will feed into the spirit realm and you, you are specific, it's kind of, and I'm almost done because we're really late, we're really over, but when someone has a tumor, they go in with lasers or whatever. They attack the tumor. They go after it. They don't, they don't go throughout the whole body. They attack the tumor until they destroy that tumor. That's the goal, to destroy that tumor. And sometimes we have that one thing. We have to treat it like a tumor, like it's a laser going in and cutting that tumor out of our lives spiritually. We get the scriptures that will attack that thing specifically, praying specifically, messages specifically towards that, and speaking those scriptures out. Amen? And that's how you will overcome your situations 100%. 100%. If you want to be delivered, that's how you do it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm done. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We did, go a little, we did go a little long, but I look at it this way. You guys got your money's worth tonight, okay? Right? So... <clears throat> You know, yeah, Some, sometimes if you go to a movie and it's over in 25 minutes, you're like, what? I spent $17 for 25 minutes? No, so, yeah, so um, I, I, I want to talk about guilt and condemnation real quick. My, my wife did bring that up. That is an open door for the enemy to attack you. And my, and my wife, you know, she did have a period where she was going through guilt and condemnation. She was like a, uh, she was like a professional in it. She was guilty that she wasn't guilty enough sometimes. It was like, <laughs> it was just bad, right? And so the enemy will try to tear you down. So my, my wife is not like an overt sinner, someone who's sinning all the time. But what she does is she feels guilty at the things she didn't do. Oh, I didn't tell that person Jesus loves them. I didn't do this. I didn't do So it's just all, the devil just run you around for the rest of your life. What you didn't do, what you did do, what you couldn't do. No, you're not, you know, you're not repentant enough. And so he keeps you in this constant place of condemnation. And when you're in condemnation, there is no, what I like to say, Godfidence. And someone who has Godfidence, right, Joe, is someone who will pull over the side of the road, see someone there, go minister to them, invite them to church, tell their wife about them. They'll just do things that normal people won't do. Amen? And we need to walk in that confidence in the spirit. Amen? So let's stand up together tonight. I'm going to invite you guys down front. We're going to go ahead and worship God. I want you guys to just press in. 
Amen. Let's just bring anything that, that the Holy Spirit showed you tonight that maybe something that you need to go after is something that you need to like with laser position go after. Amen. And let's just uh, let's just give that to God tonight. Amen. And let's especially and if you're someone who deals with guilt and condemnation, let's shut that door tonight because that's an open door for the enemy to go ahead and attack you. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You don't do enough works. All of those things are an open door to the enemy. Amen.